millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And uh, in this episode, uh, I'm going to look at um, the the trauma of the Second World War for France, the um, politics of liberation, the very violent politics of liberation, and the beginnings of uh, anti-fascism in France um, during the period of purification, which was the... Um, the trial, the arrest and trial of prominent French fascists, and the removal of uh, fascism from French public life, um, and the, there's an interesting story here in how fascism perpetuated itself in in France. The fact that um, there's the possibility, a very distinct possibility, uh, of an openly fascist party, La Front Nationale, uh, coming to power. Um, founded by a former French SS officer, um, is uh, a, a kind of a testament to that fact. Okay, so tonight we're looking at fascism, a history by Roger Eatwell, and Roger Eatwell begins with the the kind of the reckoning that was um, brought about at the end of the Second World War. He writes, as the Allied armies drove through France after D-Day, a bloody and bitter settling of accounts followed in their wake, as the resistance wreaked retribution. The small fry, like the women who'd practised in Invitigum's horizontal collaboration, were usually roughed up and socially humiliated and ostracised. Others paid more dearly for their errors. Françoise Armagnac, who lived in Exodil, um, was taken by a marauding group of the resistance as she left her wedding, on the summer of 1940, in the summer of 1944. She was led out to the large, a large house nearby, where the wedding breakfast awaited. Uh, there, members of the resistance found a diary which showed that she had briefly been in the Milice, the uh, fascist, uh, the Vichy French uh, f- fascist uh, militia. She was shot, still wearing her wedding dress, in the garden of the house, 
um, at sunset the next day. Probably at least 10,000 people were killed during the process of purification, and over 100,000 were arrested. Um, previously, I've looked at Keith Lowe's Savage Continent, where he said roughly a, a similar story. Um, in uh, Italy, up until 1946, uh, the um, anti-fascist partisans who had been mercilessly um, uh, arrested, tortured and, and executed, particularly in Mussolini's social republic set up in 1944, uh, were able to have a, a long period of bloodletting of um, uh, uh, arresting and sometimes kidnapping in extrajudicial um, actions fascist mayors and administrators and police chiefs um, and particularly all across central and, and northern Italy there was a kind of a, a low level guerrilla war um, fought up until about 1946 um, mainly uh, with the, uh, the fascists on the, on the receiving end so, um, Roger Eatwell writes, There was much rough justice in post-liberation France. Communists especially paid off old scores in those areas controlled by uh, the major communist wing of the resistance. Partly, as a result, the story of the purge could vary notably from area to area. In Piren, for instance, where the local chief of the resistance received orders from the Regional Purification Committee to arrest various local supporters of the Vichy government, he tore up the telegram. Some local communities were able to demonstrate remarkable powers of collective amnesia. At times, uh, this was because local bonding was particularly close, but the more perceptive local leaders also looked to the future. They realised that with liberation would come the need to forge a new national consensus which would remove the stain of Vichy. Of course, the thing that isn't mentioned here is the shadow of the Holocaust. Uh, Vichy France is enormously complicit in the Holocaust, and there were considerable numbers of French soldiers, Vichy soldiers, police officers, administrators, bureaucrats, train drivers, um, housing officials, uh, who uh, operated not directly under the thumb of uh, Germany, because the uh, Vichy France was uh, self-administered, but in alliance with Germany and in compliance with um, the uh, German uh, final solution, uh, and with a no small part, no small uh, level of enthusiasm, if you look at. Um, uh, Pierre Laval, the Prime Minister of Vichy, uh, and his uh, the orders that he gave for deportations um, and the coordination between Vichy France uh, and uh, the SS um, for the removal of Jews uh, from um, Vichy territory and the removal of Jews from uh, occupied France, German-occupied France, um, all the way uh, through Vichy uh, into Germany. Um, it was a, a, an astounding level of, uh, of, of complicity. And this was something that um, many French people 
uh, wish to consign to uh, the kind of the the historical uh, the, the collective historical amnesia, uh, and you find a similar process in many other European countries. Um, Tony Judd, the um, essay that he wrote at the end of his amazing book Post War, um, from the Houses of the Dead, uh, essentially on uh, the Holocaust and modern European memory, basically says that um, Europe is built on the ashes of Auschwitz, modern Europe. Uh, and uh, what, what he meant was that every country is in Europe has a degree of complicity uh, and an enormous conspiracy of, of silence, um, making the point rather ably that uh, it wasn't the SS, it wasn't German soldiers that arrested Anne Frank, it was Dutch police officers. And such things were uh, replicated throughout Europe. Anyway, an important part, writes Roger Eval, of this process of removing the stain um, of Vichy was the series of trials which began in late 1944. Thousands of people were arraigned before the courts, and many others would have been had they not gone into hiding. The two main defendants were Marshal Patin and Pierre Laval. The 18-year-old Marshal was duly sentenced to death, though this was later commuted to life in prison, imprisonment. He died in 1951. Laval did not have age in a First World War record to protect him, and after a travesty of a trial, he was executed in 1945. Among the other leading figures executed was Joseph Danand. Now, as an, an aside here, Joseph Danand was the head of the milice, or the, the militia, he was uh, a French Waffen-SS officer who became, uh, in 1943, um, head of the police and then, later on, uh, the Secretary of the Interior. Um, the police had uh, 35,000 members in 1944 and were engaged in anti-resistance uh, operations but by uh, mid-1944 um, had become essentially kind of like a, 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 an armed gang um, uh, and had um, very little kind of uh, central kind of uh, discipline and control um, carried out uh, assassinations of suspected um, resistance members, um, roundups um, of uh, those who were uh, either thought to be in the resistance or kind of avoiding military service, uh, and obviously uh, the arrest and deportation uh, of Jews. Roger Eatwell writes, Dunand, whose murderous collaborationist activities offered no hope of a defence, um, was also uh, executed. Several key intellectuals, too, were targets of post-liberation wrath, reflecting uh, the importance um, or, um, accorded to intellectuals in French life. Robert Brasillac uh, was executed in 1945 after another mockery of a trial, despite a petition for clemency signed by numerous intellectuals who did not sympathise with his views. Drew La Rochelle committed suicide after penning a defence in which he seemed to welcome death perhaps realising that fascism needed to die to be born again, and that he was a microcosm of this process, a martyr to the cause. The ageing Charles Morat, um, who, who um, was condemned to life imprisonment, his pre-1940 writings 
had undoubtedly condemned him in the eyes of many. Now, regular listeners will know that when I've discussed pre-war or interwar French fascism before, Charles Moraz's name has uh, has come up uh, as a, a kind of a, a leading figure in um, interwar. Uh, the, the development of, of interwar fascism and a great admirer of, of, of Hitler. Um, so um, his pre-1940 writings had condemned him, but uh, he had sealed his fate by approving of the militia um, and the brutal suppression of terrorists. So essentially he had uh, come out uh, for the, the murder of resistance members. And the resistance... In uh, after 1944, are become essentially part of a, almost like a civic religion in France. Everyone wishes to say that they were in the re- in the resistance, though very few people were, uh, and the resistance, even though um, many of their activities were quite murky, um, were uh, beyond reproach. They were the the spirit of France and the nation. Um, on hearing his verdict. Um, he cried, this is a, the revenge of Dreyfus, obviously referring to the Dreyfus case uh, of the 1880s um, and the, uh, the anti-Semitic persecution of, of a, a French army officer um, at, at the end of the, uh, the 19th century. Um, the revenge of the left and of the French people keen to place most of the blame on a few dangerous teachers and politicians or perhaps be a more accurate epitaph, writes uh, Roger Ewell. So, this is how anti-fascism becomes a key part of France's national uh, identity, despite the fact that France's um, the, the popularity of fascist ideas in France before 1940 is significant. And, of course, uh, anti-Semitic attitudes... Uh, when uh, judged against um, the rest of Europe, were highly prevalent in France. They had been highly prevalent since the beginnings of the the 20th century, um, the late 19th century, as the Dreyfus case uh, points out. So a a powerful reactionary um, uh, fascist tradition in in France was, uh, was prevalent. But the trauma of the Second World War, of the humiliation of occupation and the need to expel the national enemy meant that there was there were deep roots for anti-fascism to take hold in France. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Anti-fascism, writes uh, Roger Eatwell, also provided the basis of the government headed by General de Gaulle, who had triumphantly returned to Paris in August 1944 at the head of the Free French Forces. De Gaulle's desire to portray himself as standing above politics meant that he resisted the temptation to form his own party. Instead, he formed an administration comprised mainly of the groups and parties which had cooperated uneasily in the closing stages of the resistance, namely the communists, though elements in the party advocated a coup, the socialists, and the new Christian democratic style party called the Popular Republican Movement. The first two years of uh, post-war French political life and the beginnings of the, the Fourth Republic uh, were, were very complex and, and confusing. Um, one of the, the first tasks was to form a government uh, from um, that would rule um, effectively, um, and that would be able to to function in the uh, new conditions that France found itself in. However, de Gaulle resigned in January 1946, um, announcing basically that the party leaders um, were showing um, that they were um, uh, ex- exactly as uh, most people imagined unable to cooperate, squabbling um, and making uh, petty kind of sectional uh, demands um, uh, in, in the interests of, of their their voters. The new constitution of the Fourth Republic, writes Roger Eatwell, narrowly endorsed by a referendum in late 1946, did nothing to prevent these fears. It adopted a list system of proportional representation which guaranteed that several major parties would gain representation, However, more importantly, it provided for only a figurehead president and accorded considerable powers to Parliament rather than the executive. As such, it seemed a perfect recipe for a rapid return to the old ways of the Third Republic. The Third Republic, um, by the 1930s, was a politically divided, um, kind of febrile um, polity um, based on um, cry, uh, clashes between the the right and the left, as the the kind of the rise and the fall of the Popular Front showed, uh, and the fact that um, the uh, polarizing forces of socialism and fascism across Europe were beginning to to tear it apart. Um, again, uh, Tony Judd's um, uh, argument, and I think it's a compelling one, as to the rapidity of the fall of France was that um, France was politically close to collapse even before uh, Hitler's tanks crossed through the Ardennes forest. Um, uh, De Gaulle um, saw it this way. De Gaulle thought that there was the the possibility of a a weak, divided France. Um, And in 1947, he uh, formed the Rally of the French People Party, or the Gaullist Party, uh, which was... Something that seemed to have fascistic elements 
um, externally. It was uh, anti-communist. It, it relied upon um, a charismatic leader, de Gaulle, and his powerful uh, war record. Um, it was something that uh, was uh, based in the, the mobilisation of the people with mass rallies and, and this sort of thing. Um, it, it may have had certain fascistic characteristics. Whether it can be um, encompassed in what we understand as fascism is, is probably downfall. Um, the, the left certainly uh, labelled it as, as, as fascist. Um, the, uh, Roger Eatwell writes, The fact that some neo-fascist parties, most no notably the Italian social movement, showed an interest in Gaulism, uh, illustrates that there were some interesting parallels although the RPF was clearly not truly fascist in terms of its social radicalism. The RPF did have um, fairly progressive uh, social, um, uh, social policies, um, and you know the, the, the difference between something like that and, and, and Nazism, where there was uh, a kind of a, a, vague, um, a vague gesture towards redistributive politics. The reality in, in, in Nazi Germany is that uh, redistributive politics were for um, uh, Aryan Germans uh, exclusively, and the extent to which anything was redistributed in Nazi Germany is far, far less than really um, uh, apologists for Nazism uh, would, would, would make out. Most um, most of the time, um, working class people that did uh, that saw improving standards of living, um, with or without things like kind of the KDF, uh, managed to obtain that through um, uh, overtime and uh, munitions work uh, in the late nineteen thirties, uh, and living standards still managed to slide because the um, use of the, the munitions industry acted like a sponge, sucking resources out of the rest of, of society. Anyway, that's a, a kind of a digression there. So the RPF had appeal. Um, French people didn't see it as fascist. They didn't see it as being uh, anything to, like a continuation of Vichy in any way. It was represented by de Gaulle. There was no way that you could accuse de Gaulle uh, of being fascistic. But de Gaulle was a person who... Um, many uh, French people hoped would restore the pride and the honour of France. He was, has certainly been highly combative during the war towards the British and the Americans to uh, kind of bête noires in the eyes of many French people. Uh, and he was uh, equally suspicious of uh, a mistrusting of, of the Soviet Union and, and, and Stalin. Um, and what de Gaulle sought to do and would seek to do over the, the next two decades would be to uh, pursue a, a, a French um, trajectory through the Cold War uh, with a, an immense scepticism towards, uh, towards NATO, uh, a, a kind of an independent uh, nuclear policy uh, and a kind of a, a robust uh, interest in fighting to hold on to to the kind of the, 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 the francophone world um, and the French Empire, uh, or both of which um, are really kind of uh, fizzle out uh, in the fifties and sixties, the party writes Roger Eatwell, 
began to attract support rapidly. And in 1951, in the 1951 elections, it became the largest party in the National Assembly. But it was well short of an overall majority, and de Gaulle soon slipped back into retirement, leaving the RPF uh, a divided but troublesome opposition group within the Chamber of Deputies. Because the third largest party, the Communists, had retreated into Cold War isolation during 1947, governments had to be constructed from the remaining parties, who were bitterly divided over many issues. The result was the continuation of the old pattern of ministerial turnover, and between 1951 and 1956 elections, France was governed by 11 ministries. Parallels with the Third Republic were heightened by the fact that the, of the whiff of corruption and scandal was again in the air. While mainstream political life was reviving, former fascists and leading supporters of the Vichy government were initially forced to live a more precarious existence. Um, by, but, other, but enthusiasm for the purge died quickly after 1945. It had served its purpose. Besides, by 1947, and the onset of the Cold War uh, had turned the spotlight onto the communists as the new enemy. One sign of the times was the re-emergence in 1947 of the Action Française periodical Aspects, uh, Aspects de France, edited by Javier Vallée, uh, who was a former commissioner of Jewish affairs in the Vichy government. So it's really interesting, and you see many uh, parallels of this in Cold War Austria and Cold War Italy, of um, the, 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 kind of the political untouchables, um, the, 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 the traitors uh, of um, uh, the uh, fascist ghosts of the, the Second World War, slowly eking back into prominence during uh, the Cold War, able to expunge any crimes they committed or brushes under the carpet, and emerge with robust anti-communist credentials. They accept a couple of aspects of democratic life, which maybe they find slightly irksome and distasteful, and hopefully one day they'll be able to get rid of. Uh, but by and large, they were able to uh, secure their legal status and often uh, their financial status by making a case for um, the, the, the anti-communist struggle. And CIA officers uh, across Europe often warmed to these characters perhaps being unaware of their past or um, willfully ignorant of it um, and uh, thought that they could be highly useful in uh, either propagandistic struggles in places like Italy and France or um, actual operations into the Warsaw Pact where you know, the vast majority of them died. Um, there's a, a really interesting, in Tim Viner's book, uh, Legacy of Ashes, is a really interesting uh, chapter about how the CIA would congregate around certain uh, bombed-out German cities uh, where um, uh, people from places like Belarus and the Baltic states, um, emigres there at the end of the Second World War, um, were, um, or Hungary and uh, other uh, Warsaw Pact countries, would um, spend their days in cafes and bars and would be recruited by the CIA for basically suicide missions. By the early 1950s, a variety of other Jew uh, journals and groups had been formed, such as the Jeune Nation, send, uh, which was set up by Pierre Sidos, whose father had been executed at the end of the war for being a leading member of the Malich. Um, yeah, Jeune Nation adopted uh, as its emblem the Celtic Cross. 
uh, a symbol previously carried by the, Waffen Fren uh, the, the French Waffen-SS Charlemagne Division. Although these groups and journals had small members, they actively kept alive non-conformist traditions and sought new supporters. So as we saw when we looked at the history of post-war Italian fascism, in the initial years after the Second World War, after the defeat, after the destruction of collaborationist governments, the trick by French and Italian fascists was to just keep, just keep going, just keep the tradition of uh, fascist thought in France and Italy going, and then eventually there would be opportunities to expand and grow as a political force later on. Anyway, thanks very much, uh, and I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, do pop by the Explaining History website. Um, what I'm trying to do at the moment is, when I post a new podcast, um, write a little, just a little bit more, uh, a little bit more contextual knowledge uh, about it. So check out the blog. Um, also, um, if you are able to support us on Patreon, that's always very, 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 very valuable, uh, and it's kind of how the the Explaining History podcast keeps going. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for all the people who already support uh, the the podcast. There's a little bit of uh, new content going up onto YouTube at the moment, so do remember to subscribe there. And uh, thanks very much for listening. All the best. Bye bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.